Okay, Tzorayim Tov, we continue in the Sefer Shar and Betfila. We're in the concluding chapters. We're in the concluding chapter 5, subcategory Dalit. We, uh, there's a Pasuk that says, Mikvah Yisrael Hashem. Hashem is a mikvah for the Jewish people. And the rabbis learn from the expression of mikvah tahara uh, from that. And we say, just like we say uh, for a person who wants to do his avod of going to the mikvah, that just like mikvah, it only works if you're totally emerged in the mikvah. Can have even one hair sticking out of the mikvah doesn't count. It's not good. So, so also for prayer, if you're serving Hashem, you have to be completely immersed in the prayer. So that's the idea. Just like we go to a mikvah, so this has to be the same for prayer. The Torah writes, there's also a comparison of prayer to prophecy. And truthfully, prayer and prophecy is in inherently one concept, which is what? Tvekus of your senses to a higher holiness. Just like we find by prophecy. And it's very clear. The Torah says, Hashem says, Bachalom Adaberbo. Hashem speaks to a Navi except for Moshe in a dream. And the Rambam explains what that means is that all the senses of the Navi are nullified and therefore his mind is completely open to the dream that happens. Similar in Sefer Malachim, they would call a Navi a Meshuga, a crazy person. Not in a negative way. Because when a Navi secludes himself to perceive the, the Nevoah, he looks like he's crazy because he doesn't look at anything. He's like in a, in a trance. He's not focused on anything in the physical world. That's crazy person. This person not living in reality. Well, he's not living in the reality of this world because the Navi has to be totally removed from the world completely and totally absorbed in Kedusha and bonding to Hashem. That's what a Nevoah is. So this Tefillah is the same thing just on a lower level. Prayer, you're entering the world of Hashem and you're dialoguing with Hashem. There has to be total nullification of your physical senses. Now, of course, in practice, yeah? Is it like when you're praying, you're, you're, you are connecting to Hashem? When Nebuah is it, Hashem is connecting you to something? Well, it's Nebuah, Hashem is totally taking over you. You're approaching Hashem, you're trying to get out of this world. And then Hashem takes over the controls. Okay, prayer, you still are in control. So he says in practice, but not in halacha, really there should be a difference, should not be a difference in Shemona Esrei and other parts of prayers and brachas. And the best thing he would suggest, if possible, is that one should close his eyes. What's the advantage of closing your eyes? Because you're not seeing the world. If you're not seeing the world, you can maybe get into God's world and, and, and act as if you're standing in front of him and you're totally cleaving to Hashem. There's only one thing you really can be in control of in your senses, 
is your eyes. Close your eyes. Now you can't close your ears, but you can close your eyes. That's in your control. Now, the Zohar says that there are, you know, we know there's three dimensions of reality. The world, time, and Space. soul. So we know that there's an aspect of Shabbos. And what compares to that in soul? It's a Talmud Chacham. Now, the simple understanding is this, is that we know about Shabbos, you're supposed to be totally separated from the regular world. We don't go to work. We don't talk about mundane things. And we have to see as if all our work is done. Shabbos has come. You're out of this world. You have no connection to the physical world in terms of, you know, uh, building the world and things. And you're getting closer to Hashem's world. Right? And that really is the content of Shabbos. You know what Shabbos really is? It's like a 25-hour Shmona Esrei. Even though you're not praying for 25 hours. But you're going into the world of Hashem, you're standing before Hashem, and you got no business with anything else. And when you're eating your meals, you're eating your meals with Hashem. You're seeing smears with Hashem. And you're davening with Hashem. Doing everything with Hashem. And that really is what a Talmud Chacham is. A Talmud Chacham distances himself from the physical world for its own sake. He elevates and stands always before Hashem. So even though that's said for a Talmud Chacham, but really that should be the way it is for anyone who truly serves Hashem properly. But even if you're not on that level like a Talmud Chacham, but as long as you're engaged in service of Hashem, you should try at least at that time to be like Shabbos, that everything is done. And therefore, when you're praying, at least that aspect should be like Shabbos. That's why I told the guy a couple of days ago during Chazar Shatz that we don't allow cell phones in the shul. Just, yeah. Two days, it was two days ago. Yesterday. It was yesterday. Okay, yeah. Wow, that's, seems like a long time ago. <laughs> he had two cell phones. No, no, yesterday he put it away. It was before Davening, okay. Sunday. During Chazor Sashatz, there was a stranger, didn't know the rules, and he had two cell phones in front of him. So I politely went over to him. I said, you know, we, we don't allow cell phones. So he got up and left. He got up and left. He didn't come back. But anyway, but at least when we're davening, to get the, as much as we can to get the rest of the world, and we can't control our minds. Our minds, you know, it's hard, it wanders. Therefore, he says, it's a wondrous thing, this idea of closing your eyes during davening. Because we know that Talmud says four people are considered like a dead person. One of them is a blind person. So we really have to be dead to the world. And that my neshama should be separated from my body so I can cling to Hashem. When your eyes are closed, now this is only good if you know the Amida by heart. If you don't know the Amida by heart, you have to look in a sitter. But the point is look right into the sitter. Don't keep your eyes off the place or use your finger or whatever. Focus it there. But if you really know it by heart, well, you should have your eyes closed. 
At least Shema we do with our eyes closed. Okay. So Shlomo Melech said the following, a wise man will listen and he'll get smarter. In other words, he means if you see some wisdom, you could add wisdom to that and understand one thing from another. So he's, so now Rapinkas asks a question. Why only by Shvonesrei do we have to stand like before Hashem and not with the other parts of prayer? Right? And that which Halacha needs us to close our eyes, if you can, is only during Shvonesrei because Shvonesrei is called Tfilah. But the other parts are not called Tfilah per se. Right? So, but certainly there is an aspect of a part of tefillah that the rest of davening is. This, it's some aspect of prayer. Sukkot uh, Zimra is an aspect of prayer. And you can get close to Shem through that. And if you want Hashem to answer us on every aspect of our tefillah, so Hashem should open up everything. So all the praises that we're saying certainly is part of tefillah. And you really should try to concentrate as much as possible. But of course, it's a difficult challenge. So, and very few of us know the entire davening by heart. But really, we should try to be focused the whole time. But that's a very, very big task. So at least in halacha, if we can, we should close our eyes during the meeting. But if we can't, anything else. So that's why it's always good to daven in the front. When you daven anywhere else, you if you pick your head up, then you see everything else is going on. If you're diving in the front by a wall, you look up, you just see the wall. But, you know, when, that's why sometimes if you're a guest in a shul, you usually like to sit in the back because you don't want to take anyone's seat. You don't want to be told, hey, you're in my seat. But uh, when you have that, though, it's uh, very difficult to concentrate because you're seeing a little of what's going on over there. Okay. In the next part, he explains this, the challenge of concentrating during davening. All your efforts to clean out the heart from the whole world. He says there's a lot of tests that we have under particular situations. And one of them is, let's say, when we're traveling. We don't always have comfort of being in a shul and davening in a shul. What if you have to drive somewhere? It's a long trip. There's no shul along the way. You got to stop off somewhere and daven. And therefore your senses, like a shul is, is it's the regular place. There's not unusual sensory perceptions going on. But when we're traveling on the road and you don't necessarily have the time to prepare properly. So this becomes a major test. Can you still daven properly while you're really distracted? If you can, it's a tremendous level. And it brings Chazal to explain this. But uh, he, he says the following. He says, he wants to point out that the rabbis, even though we want, don't want to get into heavy mystical stuff, but... Uh, there's still important things. And he quotes the Nefesh HaChaim, Rebchaim that we've quoted before, in the second gate, the 10th chapter. And I'm going to just uh, summarize what the Nefesh HaChaim says. He says, every word of prayer or of any bracha 
it goes to the highest, highest places. It's got wings that take it up to Shemayim, and it is able to accomplish things up at the roots of creation and the specific root that those words are connected to. And when you do that, you become, as it were, a partner with the creation of the world to build and to plant many worlds. And if a person is clever, he'll know that the men of the great assembly didn't just put a bunch of words together. There were prophets there. They understood with their Ruach HaKodesh and their ability of prophecy where all the spiritual worlds were open to them. Everything, that the Merkava, the chariot, and they know exactly what specific words in the liturgy to, to write that they're able to hit the mark, to go to a specific spiritual reality and repair it and make the flow comes very good. And that's why the rabbis say that feel is called something that stands in the highest places of the world and people don't appreciate it. Meaning the words themselves go up to the highest place of the world. And later on, Reb Chaim says that from the time that the rabbis institute the prayer until Mashiach comes, there's never going to be two similar prayers. And the words of the Amida are tailored to whatever thought you could have to get those words to the right place. Okay. So really amazing things are going on, even if you're not aware of it. And therefore, you know, it's important to concentrate. Now, you don't have to know what world's getting repaired, but you need to realize that you are really holding up the world. And uh, this general idea is very helpful. And just like we know that each and every time, so what we're seeing from here is, each and every time you daven is a unique thing. And what needs to get fixed today is not what needs to get fixed tomorrow. Okay, but guess what? It's not only in time that what I'm gonna fix up today isn't what the yesterday was, isn't gonna be tomorrow's. But the same thing is what place you're davening. If you're found in a specific place, you should realize you have a unique shlichus to build a structure of Kedusha that applies to this place, Davka, that has to be done. And that explains a lot of really unusual stories with the Baal Shem Tov. He would tell his wagon driver to hit the wagon and would go to crazy places. And the Baal Shem would go, here we have to daven here. Why? Whatever. It's, it's, his place needs it. So we need to know it's not just every different time is a time of itself but every place is a unique place so therefore sometimes when you're in a different place it's very hard for you to really have the right kavana because uh, how am I going to have kavana with such clarity when I'm in a place that's not usual for me but if you realize that everything is important there's every uniqueness that happens so therefore you should realize I have a separate, unique duty to do even though it's difficult. It's not my normal place. But whatever reason is, Hashem wants you to daven there. For whatever reason it is. And you gotta try to overcome. Let's say you ended up, a flight got delayed and you gotta daven at the airport. Okay, that means Hashem wanted you to daven at the airport. That's it. Ah, it's a busy place. You find a place and you really focus. Hashem, for whatever reason, wants you to pray to this place. And 
uh, so number one, you get a tremendous reward for just having a good davening to overcome a difficult situation. But you got to realize that Hashem put you in this place. And if Hashem puts you in this place, that's meant for you to do the best job you can in this place. And just like if you let a day go by and you don't daven, you can never make that up. If you're in a specific place, you can't make that up as well. So let's say you say, oh, yeah, I'm in a crazy place. I just can't, I can't daven. You know what I'll do? I'll daven uh, two tefillos later on when I'm home. He says, no, Hashem wants you to be in this place at this time. So therefore you should daven the best you can at this place. Okay. An amazing concept. So don't think, oh, I'm in the airport. It's going to be a terrible davening. Forget about it. You got to say, no, this is the place. There's a reason why Hashem wants me to daven here. I have to daven here. I will daven here. And I will be able to overcome that. And I will make whatever tikkun has to be made in this place. Yeah, what? So when I was in Israel, uh, so we had a nest. We did nest at the Ben uh, Gurion Airport. Yeah. So yeah. tying the tefillin till Corona they finished. What time? I was tying my tefillin. Yeah. And almost finished my Corona they finished Shakhari. Okay, so they go faster than you. So my job. All right, and you're right. They should not be doing this. They should not be doing that. Okay, so he expands on this idea by bringing the famous Gemara that says, how do we know if someone's a Balchuva? So he said if he has the same Avera came up to him. He didn't have Avera once. Now he's in the same place with the same woman and the same desires. And he's back in that place. He doesn't stumble. That's the simple shot. But there's a remise. And... Um, the idea isn't just in the same place, but if you if you didn't have air in a certain place, you damage that place. If you damage that place, that place has to get fixed up. You didn't have air right here. Look, you, you made this place a terrible place. So you gotta go back to that place and fix up that place. And don't do that air again to fix the blemish that you did. Now that's a much deeper level. But you see, there's certain shlichas you have in certain places. And if Hashem is putting you in a place that you're not normally at, that means Hashem wants you to daven in this place and do the best job you can do. Now, he goes into another, that's one type of test. But now we got another type of test. He says, let's say a person has to be in a hurry to get somewhere. And if he doesn't get at a certain place on time, he could, uh, could lose a lot of money. And so what does he do? He, he, he has to daven in uh, really fast. He davens in a faster minion. Where they daven fast because he has to be downtown early. So it's a big nesayan to overcome that idea. To either not daven with a minion or whatever. Their idea is, so just like there's difficult places to daven, now there's the issue of time constraints that causes a challenge. You have to be downtown at 8 o'clock for a doctor's appointment. So now I'll have to daven at home and daven early and all these things. So he says, don't forget the Gemara and Brachas that says anybody who usually comes to shul and doesn't come on that particular day, Hashem asks about him, where is he? 
And that's if it's something he had to go for. He really had to go. What if he didn't come because it was just something, it was an optional thing. He didn't have to do it. Then it says he's not going to have any success in that day. Why? Because he should have trusted in Hashem and he didn't. So let's see what's going on over here. So let's say the guy is supposed to be whatever. He's supposed to be learning or davening and something came up. He has to take care of it. The point is, who says you got to take care of this? Ah, you might lose money. Why don't you have trust in Hashem? Even if you lose the money here, you'll get it somewhere else. Yes, you will lose money here. You will. You'll lose the deal. You lost $10,000. Doesn't mean to say Hashem can't give it to you somewhere else. Right? And it's a Kavla Chaymer. If you didn't go to the base Medrash because of that, you didn't go to Shul because of that, all the more so if you already are in Shul, but you're leaving Shul for something that's not that vital. Even if it's important, but still have trust in Hashem. Or let's say you're in the middle of benching and the phone rings and they're getting all confounded. Oi, who knows? Maybe it's going to be an important thing. They say, okay, I could talk in the middle. She trusts in Hashem. But I'm waiting for an important phone call. So we're going to trust in Hashem. That's all. And he tells over a story. He says, of a chacham echad bedoreinu of a great scholar in Jerry, he doesn't say what it is. He had to travel from Eretz Yisrael to America by a plane. And he had to stop somewhere in the middle. Stopover. Oh, in Paris. So he's waiting. It's a stopover. And he has to daven. Whatever. Mincha, whatever till he has to daven. He's in the middle of the davening and he hears a, an announcement. Boarding for the plane from Paris to New York. Now, he has a choice. He can quickly finish the Amida and make it on, or daven the slow way he has, and he'll miss the flight. That's a big test. Now, you know what it means if you miss a flight? This year, I found out for the first time what it means when you miss a flight. Pain in the neck, pain in the neck. So just zip through the last uh, six brachas, you know? Fly through it and finish it, and you catch the plane. Look how much time you're going to lose. Money you could be lose. You might not get your bags, like I didn't get my bags. All kinds of cheshbonos. But that rabbi didn't move. He continued davening the way he normally davens. He finished the prayer, and he missed the flight. And no other story, the flight didn't crash or something in Hashem said. He missed it. That's it. You have to have bitachon Hashem, so you missed it. So? Now that needs a lot of bitachon. A lot of bitachon. This is similar to Rambam writes, he says, a Kohen who leaves the base of Middash in the middle of his service Right? He's high of Misa. Death penalty. Whether he's a coin Godel or a coin Hedge out. You don't, you don't leave. 
and uh, even if he becomes an onane, a family member dies, he's informed that a family member dies, he's not allowed to do the avoda, but he can't just run out, because that's still, even though he can't serve, but he has to go out calmly. So people who are, are spiritual people, and they stand up to the tests, that uh, just like you know, you're not supposed to go out of the base of English in a harried state. But there's two more points. One is regarding bitachon to know that since everything is in Hashem's hands, you can't lose by serving Hashem. It's not possible to lose by serving Hashem. And the second idea, which is deeper. He says, in the middle of your service, if something comes up, let's say he has to go somewhere. And even if, let's say, this thing that you have to go for is for a physical thing. But really, even that physical thing is to the will of Hashem. So why should you hurry? In other words, let's say you got to make it to work on time. To make it to work on time, you got to leave early from down. Now, Hashem wants you to work also. When you go to work, you're taking care of your family. You can make a Kiddush Hashem when you're at work. So even if you're doing your own thing, you're really, you're doing the will of Hashem, aren't you? You have a doctor's appointment, okay? Hashem wants you to heal. You have an appointment with the doctor. But the appointment is early. And if I leave, and if to me, to be on time for it, I have to leave the happening girl. I have to rush out. But here's the point. If you're whatever you're leaving for, even if you could justify it's the Ratzon Hashem, it's for something the Avodas Hashem. But right now you're davening, and that is the Avodas Hashem. Right now you're in shul and davening. You are actively doing the Ratzon Hashem. So why do you go out to make preparations for Avodas Hashem, which is in the future? While well, right now you are with Hashem. So this important idea, where say if you really take your diamond seriously, whenever appointments are made, you try your best to shift the appointments. You know, and people say, oh, it's the doctor. You know, unless it's mamish life and death, like you're waiting and to get to see this doctor, you'll never get another chance again, and it's mamish a terminal disease, and he's the only one that's gonna hurt. That's the one exception. But we're not talking about that, we're talking about in general. You know, doctor's appointments and this and that and all these things. You say, sorry, I can't make it. Oh, you'll have to come a week later. So I'll come a week later. I can't make it at that time. Or you could even be gutsy, especially with doctor's appointments. Most time you wait an hour anyway. Why do you have to be on time to wait for him? You leave Hashem early to go to the doctor to wait for the doctor. Chutzpah. You leave Hashem early so you can wait for the doctor. It's rare that the doctor see you on time. And even if you come late, so they see the next person first. You call them, you say, I'm running late in traffic, and I still come. Almost always they say yes. <laughs> right. So so that's what we're saying. And um, so and he's saying, in conclusion, from all the things he's mentioned, he, his main intention wasn't to tell you have to stand up to the tests in difficult times because sometimes you're not allowed to and sometimes you got to hurry and sometimes you got to dive fast it depends on what's going on sometimes you you'll have to 
But we're just giving an example of people who are really very spiritual and to learn at least a Kalva Homer for themselves. That one thing's for sure. Anything that's a shtus and not important, why do you get confounded about that too? You know, I got uh, whatever, tickets to a ball game. I got to rush out of Mincha or Marv to make it to the ball game. He says, you know, that, 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 that's your challenge. So therefore, you know, and, it, and I understand it's hard. People have to go to work and if you leave late, you get caught in rush hour traffic and things like that. You know, it's a hard call to make. But there are many ample opportunities where, you know, people, like I say, you know, okay, during the week, if you have to rush out, okay, it's not for me to judge how difficult the situation is for you. It's easy for me to say, wait till in the and now have an extra half an hour of rush hour traffic. But I keep saying, at least I'm Shabbos and Sunday. What's the rush? That's what I told both minions. Like, don't even take your talus off. If it's on a Shabbos, Shabbos, you have to take, what's the idea of taking off your talus in the middle of Adoin Olam? Or during Olenu? Before, wait till the davening's completely over. Stay, stay completely focused, at least on Shabbos. At least on Sunday. Most people don't have to run out on Sunday. So, and that's a, and more than that, it's a great covet Shemayim. You're showing Hashem a lot of covet. You're making it real that your mom is talking to Hashem. They're not looking for which minion can I get done with this faster. So this is in terms of trying to at least the areas that you can control of your senses. We can't control everything. We can close our eyes when we can. Let's say during Chazor Sashats, you can close your eyes and listen and say Amen. And wherever you can, you try to be as focused as possible. And to not run out for every narishkite. You know, to say, oh, I'm expecting an important call. You know, if you're expecting an important call, don't daven. Daven at a different time. Or just tell the guy, I'm sorry, I can't take the important call now. Oh, I'm waiting. It's the doctor. He's, he's going to tell us. You know what? Don't worry about it. You, Hashem will let you die. Hashem going to have you die because you're davening in a minion? I don't think so. So that's the idea he's telling us that that, that is more focused on the davening. Okay, I think I think maybe just one more day, maybe two. More. No, really, just one more on this safer. Everyone has always asked me, "Why do you have two p.m.?" Yeah, yeah. Okay.